Hey, this is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to episode 292 of the Kevin's Barbecue Joints podcast. And I am extremely excited to bring you this interview with Ray Riley from the Rosenthal Meat Science and Technology Center at Texas A&M University in College Station, Texas. I've wanted to talk to Ray for a long time. I had talked to Dr. Jeff Savel a while back, and I, I wanted to eventually talk to all three of what they call the brisketeers. And I'm so glad I got a chance to talk to Ray, not just because I'm interested in knowing how the pandemic affected them and going forward and with all their extension courses and their camp brisket and barbecue summer camp and all of that. I wanted, I was curious, but I wanted to know how he was doing and how he got to where he is today and how he and Dr. Sable and Dr. Griffin had spent almost 40 years, if not more, together doing this and that's fascinating and it's interesting i want to know what he was planning on doing prior to going to college and how that career path changed and also to what this program means to him and there's some insight into the psychology of a freshman student that he goes into at the very end that's fascinating and crazy and so interesting but we also do touch on the retail space and what they're selling in the retail space and then how they have essentially a mini meat processing plant on campus there's so many things to unpack and it's such a wonderful thing just to sit back and listen to him talk and tell stories and i can't thank him enough for taking the time and I know you guys are going to really, really enjoy this. And I will have links below to the center, to the retail center, to the extension courses, to Food Waste Texas with the Camp Brisket and Barbecue Summer Camp. So that way, if you want a quick link out of here, after you're done watching this, you can uh, sign up for all those things. And the Kevin's Barbecue Joints podcast and YouTube show is brought to you by Centex Smokers. They're based out of Luling, Texas. Check them out at Centex underscore smokers on Instagram. Give them a follow. He's doing amazing work. His pits are beautiful. Could do almost anything. He's right now 12 to 14 months out. When we started this, when we started our partnership, he was four to five months. So he's getting backed up. So if you want to order a pit, I would definitely give him a DM and place an order. Again, that's Centex underscore smokers. And I'm super stoked to have Flores Tortillas on board. You can check them out at florestortillas.com or Flores Tortillas on all the social media. Definitely give him a follow. They have drops every Monday at 10 a.m. Central Time. He'll sell tortillas by the dozen. They sell it really quick, so get your own quickly. And as I said before, make sure when you do receive your tortillas, you do refrigerate them. There's no preservatives, no additives. They're just delicious, and they're made with smoked beef tallow. They're amazing. And it's Father's Day is coming up, so make someone really happy. Again, that's Flores Tortillas. And I have a website at kevinsbbqjoints.com with links to all my podcast, YouTube stuff, as well as pieces on what knives barbecue joints use, sharpening tools, honing tools, cutting boards. I just had a recent one about barbecue photographers. That's fantastic. Again, that's kevinsbbqjoints.com. But the end, stay safe. I do hope you enjoy these. Have a great week. I watched your uh, interview again this morning with Dr. Sable. And, you know, all you got to do is put a mic in front of him and, and you're through. I mean, you just sit back and record. So yeah. I, I probably won't be as easy as that. Uh, <laughs> so so you, you may have to work a little harder on that. I don't, I don't mind. About, one thing about my colleagues, Dr. Sable and Dr. Griffin, both, they can have a crowd, have a mic, and it just flows. They're, they're great speakers. Do you think that's been the way for them forever? I'm sure they're... It's, there's certain people that can just do that. I can you get when you when, I've never been. I haven't been to Camp Brisket. I've never no. been to a barbecue summer camp. Do, are they the Are they speaking more than you? Or is it, oh yeah yeah okay. yeah. They're they're the speakers. I'm kind of more the the uh, background uh, because I manage our facility here. You know I may be involved with some of the talks dealing with beef grading and some of those things. 
but uh, yeah, they're 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 definitely they they we've been given the title of the three brisketeers. Well, I guarantee you, those two are out front, and I'm I'm in the back. So uh, you know, it, it we're a great we're a great group together. Well, that, and that's how teams work, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. And uh, you know, we've been together now for oh, I don't know, over forty years. Wow. We work well together. Each one of us got our own little talents, and uh, I guess the success of our programs have been because of us being able to work together, and then having our facilities here as well. So the the Rosenthal Meat Science and Technology Center is a very, very important part of being able to do all the teaching, extension programs, and research that, that we do here. And I don't think that Jeff and I touched on as much of the, of the center and how it's almost like, I, I'd watched an interview with you, I think about a week or two ago from maybe 10 years ago, and how you talked about it. It's almost like a mini meat processing plant like, and I, didn't, I don't think that we touched on that and I don't know if people even know that yeah it's it's definitely a, a really a small meat processor right here on on campus so uh, we actually harvest beef lamb pork a few goats uh, we've got cutting rooms where that we can cut these uh, carcasses into uh, primal subprimals retail cuts right. we've got packaging facilities We've got uh, a sausage laboratory that we can make all types of different sausages. Uh, we cure and smoke uh, hams, bellies for bacon. Uh, one of our special items that we do is a pre-cooked prime rib roast. Uh, we've got smoke houses. We've got a sales area here where our product is open to the uh, public for retail sales. And so, yeah, we've got a, um, it's about 29.5,000 square foot facility Wow! dedicated strictly for uh, meat science. Is that the only one in the United States? Is there, is, there, is there another school that does something similar or is that pretty unique to you guys? Well, nearly uh, all the land grant universities are involved in meat science. They'll have a, okay. a meat laboratory. Uh, it may not be to our size, uh, another thing that allows us to do these extension programs like the Beef 101, Beef 706, our barbecue camps, uh, is also because of the number of graduate students that we have. So not only do we have a facility, but we have the, the graduate students that can assist in the group activities and those type of things. And those people, from what I've seen from afar, because again, I've, I've only lived in Texas. I lived it for, for a year way back when, but I, from afar, it seems like that group is a very tight-knit group and they continue to be, and they continue, it, you've got, you guys have created some kind of synergy that, that really works and they seem to really enjoy this whole process. Yeah, we, we work well with our students. And, and I think if you look at a lot of our camps, well, people have been repeat participants and it's like okay why why do you keep coming back yeah and what i've related that to we, we my family goes to a dude ranch every other year in bandera texas huh. well in the summertime in bandera honestly there's there's not a whole lot to do because it's hot but this dude ranch the family is so involved that you build a relationship with that family 
So you want to go back every year or every other year. A lot of people go every year because of the bond that you built with that family. Well, I think a lot of the success of our extension programs, especially our barbecue camps, is this relationship that we've built uh, with the participants. And to show you that relationship, when we first started this, you know, basically it was the three brisketeers, some graduate students trying to make this work. Now we've got so many of the pit masters and yeah. be involved and, and uh, Russell and Missy Ragel, they've kind of, and John Brotherton, uh, Brett Bourne, there's several of them that have said, hey, we're gonna come help y'all. We're gonna do all the cooking and all preparation. Y'all just do the teaching. And boy, that's that's been great. That's been great. And it's all because of that relationship uh, that we've that we've built. And for them too, they're because because of that, their bonds are stronger too. It's it's interesting when you guys so you said that the three brisketeers at the beginning, was there even the meat processing component? Was that even what like how how what was it before you guys the three and did you guys all start around the same time? Yeah, we all uh I think uh, Dr. Sable is like class of 75, and Dr. Griffin is class of 78, and I'm class of 79. Okay. So we're all Aggies. We all did our undergraduate uh, studies here. Uh, those three, uh, those three, those two, they both got uh, masters and PhDs all from A&M, and then I got a master's degree. So yeah, we've we've been in a relationship together for. Actually, Jeff, well, I knew Jeff back when he was in high school. So Jeff and I are from the same hometown. I didn't know that. Wives are first cousin. Uh, Davey's from Carsicana, which is only probably 40 miles south of Ferris. So we all grew up kind of FFA uh, involvement in high school, came to AM, was on judging teams at AM. So we've got similar backgrounds as, as well. I didn't know that. So then let's just, let's jump really this back a little, just a little bit further for people. So that so you grew up in Texas. What was, what was the town? The, the town was Ferris, Ferris, which is the same, same uh, hometown as Jeff say. Well, I actually was born in Frisco. Frisco was a small community there. I lived there seven years, then moved to uh, Ferris. So in the second grade, I moved to Ferris and then ended up graduating from there. And FFA, so, for people that might not know, what does FFA mean? That's the Future Farmers of America. And that so, is that an organization that's just, it's not just to Texas, that's across the United oh, States. Oh, that's, that's across the United States. Okay. And uh, a lot of your high schools, they offer that, uh, ag science, and then kind of the membership then in the national organization would be uh, FFA. And what kind of path were you thinking about going on? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like a lot of people that come down here. Growing up in Ferris, the guys that lived in the brick house was the farmers, the ranchers, and the veterinarians, you know, the doctors. Okay. I thought, you know, someday I want to have a brick house. So I uh, hmm. came down in with the idea of, uh, I didn't have any land, so I knew I wasn't going to be a farmer or a rancher. I came down in thinking I was going to go to vet school. Huh. Well, after making uh, 34 on my first math exam, I thought, you know what? I don't think I'm going to study hard enough to become a vet. Yeah, no, so no, it's not easy. I, animal science was definitely my interest. And then uh, being on judging team, I was on the meat judging team in 1977. Uh, that allowed me to travel all over the United States and, and uh, get to see the meat industry. 
And, and what uh, does that mean really briefly? What is meat judging? What is that? What is is that meat mean? judging? Okay, so meat judging. I'm sorry, I'm, like, so, I'm so naive to all this, but this is, it's so fascinating to me. So, so meat judging is kind of like, uh, you go to a livestock show, okay? And, and you've got these cattle or sheep or hogs in, in the arena. And then you have a judge there that is placing these, ranking them, you know, from the best to the worst. Okay. Okay, so in meat judging, what you, what you do is you will rank like four beef carcasses or four lamb carcasses or four pork carcasses. Okay. Uh, you will also rank like a, a beef wholesale round or a loin or a short loin or a rib or a pork ham. And you have to rank these. And then you also have to write reasons on why you rank those the way you did. And then there's also grading in there where you quality grade, meal grade, 15 carcasses, and you compare your scores to the uh, officials. So A&M's been very active in that process uh, for a number of years. And uh, of course, we also offer that in 4-H and FFA. And so I kind of got my start in FFA and then coming to A&M, it's like, Hey, I want to do this. So what, coming from a small community, well, not only was I involved in ag, but I was also involved in athletics. So I was very competitive. Well, in Ferris, when you graduate with about 67 in your class, and then you come to AM, and at the time it, in the 70s, there's probably, I don't know, 25,000, 20 to 25,000 students. Well, there was still part of me missing. It's like, I still want to compete. I was involved in athletics. I showed cattle. I did all these things. And it's like, there's part of me missing. Mm -hmm. And then the meat judging, being able to compete on a team, there was part of me fulfilled then being able to, to do that. That's interesting. So you're learning. So that's, you're learning the ropes. So that way someday, potentially you could work for a company to that's do right. this. Is that, or that's work right. for the USDA that's, or? That's, yes. Okay. You know, so a, a lot, again, of the land-grant universities, you think about Texas Tech, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, uh, Nebraska, all, all these schools also have meets and meet judging teams. So when you go to these contests where you're competing against other universities, okay? So what we train students to do, it's, it's not all just about evaluating meat. What we're training them to do is first, when you're traveling a small group, you're learning to get along with individuals. For sure. You're learning, you're learning how to deal with, with people from, you know, from different areas. Yeah, that dynamic, yeah. Yeah. And then you're also learning to make a decision quickly because when you sit in there ranking these 15 car, uh, five, uh, I'm sorry, four carcasses, when you're ranking those four carcasses, well, you've got to make that decision quickly and then take notes on the reason that you rank those the way you did. So we teach you to get along with people. We teach you to make a quick decision and we teach you to defend that decision. Well, our employers that's hiring students, they like our students that have been on our meets judging team. Interesting. And a lot of it just because they can get along with people and they know how to work because it's an extracurricular activity that they do. And they've learned how to manage their school load plus being on the judging team. Wow. That's so, 
so interesting. It's so, and it's again, it's something that Jeff and I never touched. Doctor Savel and I didn't touch on, and something that if you're not, if if you don't grow up in that world or don't go to one of these schools, you probably would have no idea. Yet you eat meat, and if you're listening to the show or watching the show, you love barbecue and you love uh-huh. meat. You're a carnival, so it's this is a world that's unknown to a lot of people. But when you guys, when the three of you guys started, did you guys come upon a decision that we want to start this thing? This and what, what, what was it even like, how did this, how did what you've created, what was the impetus? What, how does this start? Well, I don't even know how to I'll, ask the question. I'll go, back it's, say, <laughs> I'll go back and say meat judging was long before we three. Yeah, yeah, that part, that part. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like the three, you, might, the, yeah. you know, the, the, the beginning of the other things, uh, the, the barbecue, and I know in, in Jeff's interview, he talked about, him and I starting to teach that freshman seminar class. And then how that grew because we were using that book and Rob Walsh wrote the book and then Rob contacted. So that was an hour and a half interview that you have with Dr. Sable. Yeah, people could check that out for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then the extension programs all came about uh, really because of of, uh, Dr. Griffin's job is he's an extension meat specialist for the state of texas okay that's a... and uh at the time it was him and dr dan hale and davy dr griffin is a great organizer i mean he's he's the one that can sit down and write a program okay we're going to do this this and this we're going to allot this much time and all that so that's a great talent <laughs> so he is very talented in doing that so all of our our beef 101s, beef 706s, our creative sausage, uh, all of those class, all those seminars, he's the one that pretty much sets up the program and the time for each program and so forth. So he is he is awesome at organizing those type of things. Now staying on schedule, that might be a little harder because you know he makes an hour allotment of him and Sable are both on stage. It may take a little longer. So he's great at making it. He may not be yeah, great stick to it. <laughs> the schedule. Well, that's hard too. I think for anybody, especially to do the two of them. And, and with Jeff, yeah, I think we had planned to talk for maybe 20, 30 minutes. And obviously oh, wow. it went way over. I don't know why we even planned that short of an interview. But I but now with when did you guys realize, like when did you realize that this was taking off? And if someone is so so so, so most of most of what you guys do you have to be a student, but there's all these other parts, but the majority is obviously you have to be a student. And is there like an age limit? Like a, say you're in your fifties, can you go back to undergrad there or can you? Well, you certainly could. Yeah. If you, if you, uh, you know, made all the entrance requirements, well, you mm-hmm. can certainly come in. Most of our students are uh, animal science majors or food science majors. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there, there's, I teach laboratories and in meat science. So we've all have reached the students somewhere or another in their undergrad. It may be in the barbecue class that we've reached that student. And then they've later on been on a judging team, gone to graduate school and now are out working in the industry. Now, how did all this come about? That's the question you keep asking. And I don't know that I have have an answer for that other than it's just, okay, okay, let's just say Dr. Sable's been somewhere and he's he's spoke (laughs) with somebody or somebody, there's an idea that comes up somewhere. 
And then, okay, Davey, what can we do? How can we do this? And then Ray, it's going to involve the Rosenthal Center. How can we tie in the Rosenthal Center and all that? And it, it, it's, I don't, I don't, it's just. Yeah, yeah, that's probably an idea. Yeah, it's, and then a lot of times things happen and then you look back and go, well, like, where did you come from? Like, I even tried to pull that information from Stacy Franklin at Franklin Barbecue. Like, how did you, when did you know, or when did you, like, how did, I guess a lot of times you just, you put your head down and then you look back and it's now it's been 40 years with the three of you guys together. And it's just, yeah, yeah it, it, it's, it's just, uh, I, don't, I don't know how it comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just, it's just happened. And, and again, we've got a great program here. We've got great facilities here. I, I, when I say this, we got great people here. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to brag on me or anybody. No, else. no, you're not. Well, that, I'm talking to you because I know it's a great program. That, and that's, that's, we got great people. We got great students. We got a great university and all that tied in together is what makes our uh, program successful. So for people that aren't watching this, that are trying, that aren't going to be students that are, because there's some people maybe eventually will watch this as a, uh, wanting to be a student, but someone that, that is not a student, what are the classes that people can take? And also too, with COVID, did that change anything? Okay. So let me ask, I'll try to answer the first part. What, <laughs> what do we have? Like, if I'm not going back to Antium, what can, what can I take? Yes. Okay. Well, there's the, uh, uh, our, our two barbecue camps and our beef 101 and then our creative sausage and who knows by the time this airs there may be another thing that okay. we've come up with especially as we get back to uh post-covid i guess mm-hmm. again the all the the barbecue camps uh, you have to be a member of foodways texas yeah and that's how you get on that for the beef 101 that's you just sign up online uh it's meet.tnu.edu, I believe. No, let's see. Yeah, that right. Meet. I'm not sure exactly. I'll have, I'll, I'll have links below to everything. Okay. So anyway, it's it's. Uh, I think I think it's meet meet.tmu.edu. Okay. But on that, there's some extension links, and then you can can go to where to sign up for the beef. Are there multiple classes a year, or is it once a year for each one of those? No, the 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 uh, the beef 101 we. I think we're up to, or will be three or four a year Okay. on that. So then you said, okay, what about COVID? So last M- March, a year ago, so a little over a year now, basically all of our programs kind of came to a to halt. Yeah. So we didn't do any of the summer camps. We didn't do uh, this January. We didn't do the brisket camp. We didn't do any of the beef 101s. But uh, this summer, we are doing the barbecue count, summer barbecue count. And then uh, in January, no, in July, this year in July, we're actually going to do the uh, uh, count brisket. Okay. And that was from before, that was people that who, was had, who had more COVID. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now, during the COVID day, we continued to work here at the uh, Rosenthal Center, even though we wasn't teaching any face-to-face classes uh, last summer, well, we actually started doing some custom slaughter, custom processing for oh. individual here in the, in the state of Texas. I didn't know you did that. And I know that I jumped on a couple of the Zoom, you guys were doing some uh, about meat pricing and about yeah. like, are those things that you guys, have you continued doing those or is that something that was just during that time that you wanted to that give people updates? Yeah, that was just kind of during the beginning of that. Try to provide as much information as we could to people on on 
what to expect, you know. It was fascinating to me, especially hearing about a lot because a lot of slaughterhouses weren't they backed up or they weren't. Well, what what happened is because of the protection of the employees, because of the fewer employees available, well, they had to slow their chain speeds down. So because they weren't producing as much, well, there's still that demand out there. And so the prices uh, increased. The same thing, just even in our little retail area here, where you had some of the local uh, retail stores that were limiting you to one to two packages mm-hmm. of ground beef. Well, I was, how many cases do you want? I was <laughs> selling it and, and also uh, we, we stayed busy uh, here in our retail sales. Uh, we continued here at the Rosenthal Center to uh, conduct research and generate products through those activities. Okay. And then uh, doing the custom processing during that time. That was so odd. Yeah, I'm in California, Los Angeles, outside of Los Angeles, and when went to the market and I had a bunch of different meats and the and the checker said, okay, you can only get one of, one of these. Right. You can only right. get the, it was just so it was such that was such an odd time. What do you guys offer at the retail location for people to know? Because it, it hasn't totally it hasn't changed much. What what you guys offer a lot there, and, I, and I've seen lots of different videos about. There's a lot of product. Yeah, we like Impressive. I say we offer we offer beef, lamb, pork. Uh, we offer all types of sausage products. Uh, most of our items are sold frozen because if we're harvesting thirty cattle at one time in our meats class, well, that's sixty sides of beef, and you just don't sell sixty sides of beef <laughs> fresh through a through a retail store. No. So it's it's. Uh, sold frozen, but we offer, you know, all your beef steaks, your pork chops, your lamb chops. Uh, we've got four or five different types of smoked sausages. We've got summer sausage. So um, one of our most popular items and one of the items that we've actually been recognized nationally is, is with our beef jerky. I was going to say, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, so our, our beef jerky, trying to remember what year now it was, that I think it was 2007, that uh, New York Times had come out with an article about our jerky. They said mm-hmm. that we had the best in the nation. And if, if you want to sell something, uh, have New York Times write about it. <laughs> it doesn't. And uh, you better be ready. Uh, and we were not, because we we. Well, let me, the article came out at the end of July. And I, after that article came out, I sold as much jerky the month of August that I had from September to July. <laughs> so yeah, it, it kicked up. We had all types of uh, uh, different distributors and everything want for us to put our jerky in their distribution centers and, and all. And, the only place to buy our jerky is right here at our retail area. So you guys, uh, you guys don't ship, right? Or no, I'm trying to see. We, do ship. we do ship. Yeah, online. I we think I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah what are the hours for the retail location? The uh, retail area is open Monday through Friday from nine to five, and then we're open on Saturday for home football games. So out in front of our facilities for home football games is uh, all RVs. So we're 
got a number of customers that come in on, on the Saturdays or Friday evenings uh, that, that load up for their tailgating. Oh, that's great. Uh, on Saturday. But you said they're frozen. Are they buying it frozen? And then. Well, a lot of times what they'll do, I mean, it, most of the time it's frozen. I do offer, especially on home football game, uh, home game uh, weekends. Well, I offer some fresh unfrozen products as well. Wow. Or a lot of times they'll just call us and say, okay, I'll be there Saturday morning. We have 20 T-bone steaks thawed out or something. Wow. So they, they know how we work and they'll call us. How, the, how, uh, <laughs> so that's such a cool, hey, are you, you're in, you're still enjoying it, right? Oh yeah. 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 I, I, I started as the meat lab manager in November of, of, uh, 81. So, um, that's nearly 40 years. It'd be 40 years in, in uh, November. Wow. We've been in this facility since January of 1983. Okay. So, you know, when I started this, what happened was I, I, uh, I was finishing up my master's degree and, and um, I went and was looking at a small processor uh, just east of Dallas. And, and my wife and I, young, we were looking at, okay, can we buy this? And that's what I'll, I'll do. Well, Dr. Gary Smith, who was ahead of our meat section at the time, he heard that I was doing this and his, he thought, you know, Ray, how would you like to run our new meat science and technology center? You can do that for five years. You can learn. And then, then you can go out and provide you a facility. Well, here I am, what, you know, 40 years later and still here. So my, uh, my wife was a school teacher, taught 35 years of eighth grade English, and we raised two kids here. So it's like, why leave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's been fun. I've come in contact with thousands of students over those 40 years. I, I hire student workers here, so I get to work with them each day. The rewards have been the students, the success of the students. You know, I work for the state. It's The success not going to be financial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's other. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the uh, success is the, the the love of the job and all is being able to be working with the students, being here at Texas A&M. So that's where the, I guess that's the reason I've been yeah. here for so long. Great community, College Station, great community. I said my wife taught here. We raised two kids here, and it's just been wonderful. Well, and also being around the college environment, I think it it's. And there's, I don't want to say it keeps you young, but whenever I'm around a call, like whenever I'm, I go back to, I graduated from San Diego State University and I had an English major with a Japanese minor. I was kind of odd, but I, I, when I go back there, there's something, you, there's, there's an excitement or there's a vitality. There's something about being in a college atmosphere. And that's probably another benefit of that is that it's, you see people with, with fresh eyes and they're excited about the future and you're helping them shape their future. And that's, that's gotta be exciting. And then they come back and it's, uh, there, there's something special about that, that you wouldn't get from another job or if you had a processing plan. Well, it, it, you're right. You're right. The, uh, you know, I work with 18 to 22 year olds every day and that's what I've been doing for 40 years. And yeah, it keeps, it keeps you keeps young. Now, now when Dr. Sable and Dr. Griffin and I all get together and we're, you know, pretty close to the same age, well, then we feel like those 60-year-old men 
but as long as you've got the uh, students around you, you, it does make you feel yeah. younger. And things have changed a lot, like the, yeah. especially with the social media and oh, yeah. computers, like things have just, and the fact that we're doing this, we couldn't have done this. 10 years ago or 15 years ago it's just, it's it's fascinating well can we talk a little bit about meat prices now and what you for you know what what are you what are you seeing and and why are maybe if people are watching this or listening that don't own a restaurant what are they going to see this summer well i think of course summer's always higher demand so generally prices will increase in the summer anyway true i think also what's going to increase the demand is People are tired of being in the house. So now they're, wow. I guess, post-COVID, it's like, okay, I want to get out. I want to do more. Yeah. You're, you're just going to see more demand on the product. The supply is down a little bit. So with the greater demands, you're going to uh, see an increase in price. You know, just being able to go out and eat again. I, I've, my wife and I now for, what, 14 months have pretty much, up until after we got our, yeah. our vaccine, mm -hmm. We didn't go out in a restaurant, you know. Now it even feels funny to go out and not have a mask on. It's like, it's wait, so, it's weird, huh? Here? Am I supposed to have this on? It's all right not to have it on, you know. So we're seeing all that, and I think I think people are are at the point they're like, I'm tired of wearing a mask. I'm tired of being at home. I enjoyed social events. One of the biggest social events is going out to eat. Yeah, and we're going to see more and more of that take place. Now we also see the pork. The pork prices are increasing, and okay. uh, the production numbers on. So the supply is a little low on pork, and then you've got the demand that's increasing on that as well. It's not just supply; it's it's also a demand issue. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Because for briskets, it seems like a lot of like our brisket prices really going up. Brisket prices are going up. Yeah. And and it, but is there is there a, a lack of supply? Do you think that there's is it because they're not able to produce as much because of staffing or? Well, that that was part of it uh, because of staffing, uh, having the the number of people to get your product flowed through the through the facility through the distribution mm -hmm. chain. Then just uh, again the the livestock numbers the the beef numbers are down a little bit, so you've got a little okay. bit. Of, of a shortage plus being able to get them through production and all through the through the slaughter distribution well you you've got a little bit of a lag there in the supply and then again with the restaurants opening up well you're just yeah. going to have greater demand definitely what's what's your favorite cut of meat you have one i'd say the ribeye the ribeye is I love my favorite. Ribeye. so you know, the, the brisket, the uh, barbecue item, not the brisket item, but the barbecue items. I love a beef rib, but you just can't eat much of it. I mean, because <laughs> it's so rich. So they're so rich. They're so, you know, they're really good. Yeah, you know, ribeye steak grilled is is my favorite. No, it's, it's mine too. And it's got just enough fattiness, especially a, a, a good quality ribeye. Exactly. And it's interesting too how you can taste the difference a lot of times people just love just eating meat they just want to eat meat but you can taste the difference yeah. and what's you know what's weird about that I, I really i really didn't know how to even cook i didn't even know what a good steak tasted like until i got to college growing up dad would end up buying like a half a calf that was basically a dairy calf that probably been fed horse and mule feed and it would just have a 
small amount of outside fat, but mom would broil that thing in the oven. So, you know, you'd have one of those big sirloins and it would just curl up and the fat on the outside, she fried it or broiled it so much that that'd be like uh, cracklings Crackling, on the yeah. outside there. Then you would always have to have plenty of uh, ketchup, A1 sauce or something to go on that. So it wasn't until I got to college and then really started studying about the different quality grades and all that, uh, how that affected palatability and, and all before I uh, really got a good steak, knew what a good steak tasted like. Isn't that funny? It's, and, it, and it is an epiphany when you have it. You realize, I can't believe what I've been eating. But, yeah. you, but you probably, there was a certain sense of enjoyment because it was, it was, you know, it was meat and it's, it's, it's enjoyable, but it's also when you have a really good cut of meat or you have uh, something prepared properly, it does change the way you feel. Is there a, is there a steakhouse that you really love? I hate, like, I don't want to call out people because then you're, but is there somewhere that you, or do you mostly cook at home? Do you like? I cook at home. Yeah. And I, and it's, I've had, you know, we, we used to, uh, well, we still do. We have, uh, we used to teach at the meat inspection training center here. And those guys say, well, where do you go to get a steak? Or we'll have even our participants for our camps come in. Where can I get a good steak? Well, you'd have to come to Ray's house or Dr. Griffin's house or Dr. Sable's house. That's a great answer. You know, so, yeah, I don't I don't go out and eat steak. I, yeah. I pretty much uh, do it myself at home for weekends yeah. or whatever. No, I agree. Then so the first real event is July, right? No, we have in June. We've got, what, oh, what's uh, in June? Is it Camp Briscoe? A barbecue camp. A barbecue is, is barbecue that the barbecue, barbecue summer camp June, or is it? June fourth, fifth, and sixth, I believe oh. it is. Okay, well, I wasn't paying attention. Okay, so that's coming up quick. That's coming up real soon. How uh, many? So how many guys are at that? Gallant guys and guys. Well, I don't know how many they, they. You know, again, Food Waste Texas handles that. Yeah, I and wonder how many. Because of the COVID, we still got to do some social because the university still has us wearing masks and social distancing and and all that. So it's going to be a little bit different than in the past. Yeah, no, I'm curious as well, to I'm how sure that numbers exactly what what those are going to be. So then you have June, July, and then you May guys because you guys are trying to stack, or they're trying yes, or at least yes. they're, they're trying to make it so that you guys can catch up. Right. So we're going to so in June we'll June we'll have um, here here at the Rosenthal Center the first of June we'll have the uh, summer barbecue camp. Yeah. And then the middle of June we have what's called 4-H Roundup, which is the state meetings of the the 4-h and okay. they'll participate in livestock judging meat judging number of different activities but that their state meetings okay will be in the middle of june july well we will start uh we we teach our meat science class the month of july also in july we have the brisket camp and then uh, in august uh, we'll have the uh, beef cattle short course uh, we'll start our, uh, we'll have a couple of beef 706s backing up. July, we'll also have the uh, Texas Ambassadors, uh, which is a uh, group of 4-H and FFA kids that'll come in, uh, study about the livestock industry. They're high school kids that have been selected for that. That's great. And then we also will put on what's called a grass-fed conference where we'll uh, have people come in and and talk to them. They're interested in either raising grass-fed beef or uh, trying to get their grass, their cattle into a grass-fed beef program. So we'll have that. So 
uh, we're slowly getting back to to what we normally do. So here at Rosenthal Center, normally we'll have 10 to 15, what I call industry type seminars a year. And then we'll also have 10 to 15 youth type activities, either 4-H, FFA, breeding associations, or, or different activities, different groups. That sounds like a pretty busy summer for you. It is. It always is. It yeah. Really is. So, so, that, so that's not just because of post-COVID. That's no, actually... That's, that's, that was pre-COVID and so it's always been halted for COVID and now we're getting post-COVID and we're getting back. We're actually also in September teaching our uh, freshman barbecue class, Animal Science 117. Uh, we'll be teaching that again uh, this fall for the fall semester. Did you guys halt that for last year? Last fall, we did not teach it. So oh. that would be fall of uh, uh, 20. We did not teach it. They, they wouldn't let us do it face to face. So how in the world are you going to, and, and, and to be real honest with our freshman seminar class, the subject is barbecue, but that's really not the purpose of the class. Mm. The purpose of the class is for us to meet with these brand new freshman students. It's like watching a, you know, weaned baby calves. So, <laughs> so, so these kiddos, these kids have been taken off mama and daddy, and now they're here at a college life. And our job is to make them feel comfortable with us. So if there's any issues, they will come and visit with us. And then again, help them adapt to college. But you know what? If, if you know how to cook, you'll always have friends mm -hmm. and the party will always be at your house. That's great. That's, that's true. That's so true. You know, so it helps them to, to adjust to college life. When, when Dr. Sable and I was, was preparing to teach the beginning of that first year of seminar class, we had to go to some workshops to learn how to teach freshmen. Well, both of us have been teaching 30 years. It's like, what, what do we got to go? Well, they told us in this workshop that the stress for a freshman student can be equivalent to that of losing a parent. Whoa. Now think about that. Oh my Lord. And then when we started visiting with advisors, they said, you will not believe the stress that first year students can go through. So again, the subject's barbecue, but the whole purpose of the class is to keep an eye on those kids, make them feel comfortable, help them adjust to college life, try to reduce that stress. We meet at four o'clock on Friday afternoons. Who wants to attend a class at four o'clock on Friday <laughs> afternoon? But they always come. We talk about barbecue. We eat barbecue. We visit with them, hopefully helping them complete that first year. If you're a college student, and if you can get through that first year, chances are you're going to get through the rest of them. Yeah, you've created almost a family, it seems like. It's a, like a family away from home or a, yes. at least. A, yes, yes, yes. Wow, that's and it's and it's almost been an undertone for this entire interview. It's about it's about the kids. It's about the people. It's about it's all these other things. Barbecue like I do these and people always want like my friends like, why are you so into barbecue? It's I'm not. I'm into like the food I love and it's gorgeous and you know them, but it's the people. It's all the people. That's it's the people. 
And I'm doing this because I wanted to meet you. I wanted to meet you before I actually met you in person. This is cool. We've we've met so many people through through the barbecue world. It's amazing. My wife won't hardly take me shopping with her because I'll run into somebody in the store I know. And then she'll like take off the basket and I'll find her four or five hours later. And it's amazing how many times we'll just be traveling somewhere and be at a restaurant somewhere or something. And somebody will come up and, and, uh, introduce or say, yeah, I was there for such and such. I was there for barbecue camp or I was there for beef 101. And, uh, my kids, they, uh, make fun of, and I'm sure this happens to Sable and Griffin also, they'll be somewhere and they'll introduce themselves and they're the people will be like, do you know Ray Riley? And they'll be, oh, yeah, that's my daddy. Oh, well, so <laughs> it's like, it's, it's like, and it's not just me. It's just because we work with so many yeah. different people. And you and connect with, so, and you connect with these people too. It's yes, yes, we do. Because there's a lot of professors that I don't remember that there are certain ones that stick with me and ones that if I ran into them, I would love to see them. It's or wonder how they were doing. Well, I, I can't thank you enough for taking, I've taken almost an hour of your time. Is there anything we missed about the program that you wanted to touch on or that you want people to know going forward? No, I think, you know, if, if you've got an interest in any of our programs, it's going to be uh, money well spent. If you're trying to get into the camps, just keep keep being keep your membership with Foodways Texas. Eventually, your bean will be chosen. Yeah, uh, you know it's great programs. It's a great time for individuals to learn about beef if it's a beef one hundred and one or or barbecuing. But it's also going to be a social event. Mm-hmm. You're going to meet a lot of people from all over the United States, even all over the world. Uh, you're going to meet people that that have common interests to you. We've had so many brothers come, fathers, sons, you know, cousins, uh, college roommates that would meet back up here and all. So that's it, it's so really great. been, it's been a fun, it's been fun to do. Well, that's so great. Well, thank you guys for doing what you're doing. Thank you for doing what you're doing and good luck this summer. It's going to be, at least it's getting back to normal and it'll be nice to, you know, be as normal as possible. And, and I thank you so much for taking the time and for catching up that way we can, people can kind of know what's going on with you guys. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, uh, I, I saw the, the Kelly interview. She's a great lady. Love her to death. I saw the one with uh, Dr. Sable and, um, you know, we certainly enjoyed visiting with you today. And, uh, if anyone has any questions, well, feel free to contact us. I will for sure. Yeah, yeah. Kelly's one of my favorite people. And Dr. Sable, I, I look up to him. And I, I forge these relationships with people because of barbecue and because of our love of food and people. And I, I, I appreciate I appreciate the time. And uh, yeah, have a, have a good day. And I'm glad you stayed safe. And this is it's been a challenging year, year and a half. It's- All right. As, as Aggies normally sign off, they say thanks and giggle. <laughs> so, could I be an honorary Aggie and say thanks and giggle? All right. All right. All right. Have a good one. Thanks, Thank Ray. Take care. Out. Thanks All so right. much, sir. All right. Take care, sir. Bye. You bet. Bye-bye.